0: Ourself. That self, that old man, that old woman must go down. And we can't just simply shift the blame off to somebody else or some circumstances or to some giant in our lives. Take addiction, for example. Addiction can get too much praise sometimes, right? In our lives. It's oh addiction. Oh, this is all we're talking about is the addiction. The addiction's powerful, the addiction's destructive, and the addiction is real. it'll take you out, but it's not greater than Jesus. It's not greater than Jesus. Nothing is greater than Jesus. And so our narrative can change too. So it's not just addiction. The tape player can be turned off and thrown away, right? Because we can say things, oh, our family is at a loss because of addiction. It's, it's in our blood. You know, we can't blah, 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 blah because of addiction. I'm stuck here because of my addiction. And we can say things like that and we're giving too much praise to the giant, right? And we've got to lift our eyes a little bit higher than that nine-foot giant to the king of the universe. That's what praise and worship does for us. And we've got to set our sight a little bit lower also to dig down below and say, what's underneath this addiction? What's below this? And some people will hear that and say, I'll tell you what's underneath my addiction. It's my mom. You know, they'll start pointing fingers. (sighs) So it's my mom and it's my drinking problem. That's what's wrong. Right? You've heard it. But you know what? No one's ever left rehab counseling or treatment free and whole and walked into victory, leaving the door saying it's because of my mom and it's because of my drinking problem. The people who walked away in freedom said I dug a little deeper down and I realized who um, was the number one factor in this story and it was me. And we were pretty good at blaming other people. We're pretty good at blaming circumstances. And so I have to ask the question, why am I hurt? Why can't I get over it? Why did this thing stay so long? Why do I refuse to listen to what God is saying about me? You know, why, why can't I humble myself and receive the grace that God's given me in the moment? Why can't I come to terms with the fact that I'm the one that's making the ultimate decisions to destroy my life? The giant isn't my mom. The giant isn't the bottle. The giant is me. And until God can touch me and speak to me and wash over me and free me, guess what? I'll stay stuck in the valley with that giant on my back. And so every day of my life, no matter how many times I pick up a new set of five smooth stones and I march off. With the confidence that I can make things different. The giant of self is looming in the story of mankind. It's our flesh. It's it's bent from the Garden of Eden and it's looming in the story of mankind today. And it will be in this story until Jesus comes. And if we're going to be free, we've got to take serious this giant called self. This is is serious stuff this morning. That's why Jesus said, if you want to follow me, this is the verse that we were kind of hinging everything on last week. If you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, what did he say? He said, I don't know if you want to, because, I mean, this is kind of a big commitment and a big invitation, but he said, if you want to follow me, you can. If you want to be a disciple, if you want to be called a Christian, which means a little Christ or a follower of Christ, um, one in the wake of Christ or in the way of Christ, you can do that. Here's how you do it. It's not by showing up at church. It's not by joining uh, the Bible study or getting resources, but here's how you do it. You deny yourself, number one. (laughs) You deny yourself, you take up your cross, and Luke adds, he says, take up your cross every single day, and you have to actually follow after me, he says. Follow after me. The first thing he says is you got to take yourself seriously. Deny yourself. Does that sound serious? Deny yourself? If you want to be a follower in the way, if you want to live in the way, if you want to walk in victory, if you want to know that a giant slayer is coming to the story and set you free, you can. But the first thing you've got to do, it doesn't sound fun, but he says deny yourself, right? It means you've got to come to terms with the potential that lies inside of you. And you've got to ask God Almighty to come in the power of the Holy Spirit and give you the strength and the victory that you need step by step, day by day, to become everything that God has made you to be, self must fall. To be everything that God's made you to be. To live in the fullness of life that he has for you. Self must fall. So can we wrap our heads around that today? Can we just kind of dwell on this one more time? Self has got to come down. Not putting down again the beautiful you that God's created. Not putting that you down, but putting down the old man and taking up the new you and the power of the gospel. So the way Paul says it, he gives us a picture of a runner running a race. And we all get this. I mean, it could be a 3K or a 5K. Uh, if you're not ready for a 10K or a half marathon. Um, if you're a fighter, you know, hulk up and, uh, for a whole marathon. If you're a hero, maybe a triathlon. Um, I actually, I, I don't know how many of you have heard this story. Um, or you can be like Matthew Barnett. He's the pastor of our, our founding church um, over in Los Angeles, Angeles Temple. Have you guys heard this story? He did what they call the world marathon, and he ran seven marathons, seven marathons on seven different continents in seven days. I mean, uh, so he told this story um, at, at, at our international connection uh, a few years ago over in Washington D.C., and it was. For me, I'm not a runner, it might be obvious, but uh, I was so deeply inspired when he shared his story. Seven marathons, seven continents, seven days, don't Google it right now, Um, I'll have Derek put the link uh, in the message, I've got it right there in the media script, so it'll be there for you. But um, don't Google it right now and miss out on the rest of the uh, the message, but you should seriously listen to his message because it's so incredibly inspiring. so there's, there's a small band of about two dozen people that did this, and they had this fl- charter flight that got them to where they're going. So they would charter this flight, go to Antarctica, sleep on the plane, run a marathon, get on the plane, sleep, go to the next continent, and then do it all again the next day. Halfway through, his knee busted out, but he kept on going, it's an incredible, incredible story. Um, and he did this because somebody um, back at Angeles Temple, I don't know if you know, is connected to the Dream Center, which is a, a huge, incredible part of, of the Foursquare Church that does a, a great work on, on Skid Row in LA. And they said, somebody came up to him and said, if you do this, we'll give a, I think it was $100,000 towards the Dream Center to, to your ministry on Skid Row. And he said, okay, I'll do it. He'd only run four marathons in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, we'll have the link on the message if you want to watch that. But um, I would say it was one of the top five messages I've ever heard for me in the last decade. It was so inspiring. But anyway, you, you may just be walking a mile. Maybe that's your marathon. You know, you're walking the mile. Um, congratulations. That's good. You may be up to seven marathons in seven days, <laughs> but uh, everything in life is a metaphor of a race. Right? I mean if you're in grad school right now, that's a race. If you're if you're getting married this summer, guess what? That's a race. You know, it's a long ultra marathon of endurance, right? With a great payoff. But it's a race. Everything in life that, that, that is in that context. And Paul gives us this picture of fighting against self and walking in the victory over self in the context of a race. And so this is the way he says it. We read part of this uh, uh, when we started. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So what's Paul saying, by the way, footnote here, because I'm paying attention. This guy was a hater of God. He was a destroyer of the way of Jesus and he had a revelation where he saw Christ and he was instantly changed into a brand new man in the power of God and the Holy Spirit and he began to preach the gospel and to, to plant the New Testament church so he walked in the power of God in, in, in the, every situation he spoke before kings but he also suffered greatly he was shipwrecked you know he, he spent many nights lost out at sea he was hungry he was naked he was imprisoned he was beaten He uh, suffered for the gospel's sake, yet he endured in such a powerful way. So this guy is kind of the study of studies of followers, of Jesus' followers. He's the one who's pioneered kind of in a way, the way for us. He wrote the New Testament, building out this kind of kingdom mission and plan of God. And he says, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know I'm up against self every day. That's what he's saying here. I just want to let you know that I'm up, I'm battling self every day and I want to win this race and I want to win the prize that God has at the end of my arc of this time on the planet earth and to do that you know what I've got to face up to myself every single day and so he's got a racer's mentality he knows that when he signs up at the beginning that there's a finish and he knows that when he signs up and he gets his number and he gets to the starting line that he wants to put in the work necessary to get a prize that's at the end of the finish line so he's not just lackadaisically, aimlessly strolling along in life going, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that doesn't look too fun. Oh, that looks too hard. Oh, this looks too, I, you know, I'm just kind of making it up as I go. "No nah. He has adopted a runner's mentality, a racer's mentality. And, and God is saying that to me today. He's saying, Sean, you understand that if you're going to rise up above self, that you've got to constantly adopt a racer's mentality. You've got to think like a marathon runner. And you've got to think about the prize that's ahead. And you've got to think about the cost that it's going to take. And you've got to get to that place, he says. So in the middle of this, look how Paul gets around this. He says in verse 25, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Hello. Hello. <laughs> The difference here is where a lot of people work out, there's another level called strict training, right? And so I don't work out, so I could make fun of both sides. <laughs> um, and I don't need to say that because that's probably obviously apparent. But um, just to confirm your suspicions, there's nothing bulging out from underneath these sleeves this morning. Um, and I could buy a couple sizes smaller a shirt, but then that wouldn't work out in other areas. So you just have to let it be what it is. Um, <laughs> So there, there are luxury workout places, right? Have you ever been to a place that you would, you know, it's, it's all about your comfort. You know, it's all about, so you do a little aerobics and then you can come over here and you ha- can have some cucumber-infused water, right? and refreshing and then you can do a little more aerobics and then we have the eucalyptus scented warm towel that is ready for you and you know oh i like that in fact you know i'm i'm gonna you know go get another one of those cucumber infused waters right now and one another one of those towels because that's awesome and so every, everybody gets a flat screen TV, right? It's like every, every machine, not just one. Everybody gets a, it's like Oprah, everybody gets a flat screen TV. <laughs> and you can get one on whatever piece of equipment you're working on. Everybody can watch the news, or you can watch the latest thing, or catch up on whatever. And you can watch a movie. You can do whatever you want to do because we're trying to make this work out as luxurious and convenient as possible, right? And so then you have the other side. And the other side, they go out and work out in a place called a box. Anybody be familiar with a box? Anybody, any CrossFitters here this morning? Okay, okay, well, yeah, we've got one. So they call these places the box. Sounds really inviting, right? <laughs> and so, um, anybody, anybody else, anybody been to a box or you've, you've seen pictures, you've heard the stories? Okay. So I, you know, some of us look at, at a box you can see one there and you say, I'm never going to go into a place like that. That's a little intimidating. And I I looked it up. There's actually three CrossFit boxes in Rapid City that I could find. And Bill, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but here's a picture of of one of the local boxes that you can go to. Um, You can almost see the joy in their faces, right? (laughs) And a box is what they call the place where the CrossFit people gather and they do their stuff. And, um, Listen, I've done a little bit of research. I've never been in a box, but I've I've done a little bit of research, and there is no cucumber-infused water. (laughs) There's no, there's not a flat-screen TV in one of them. It's all about you and getting physically fit. And here is what Jesus is saying from our theme verse last week. If you want to follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And he's saying, let's get CrossFit. (laughs) I'm doing a little play on words this morning, but that's what he's saying. Let's get CrossFit. It says strict training. So if you want to win this race, Paul's talking about, you've got to go into what he says is strict training. And the training is actually death to self. And from what I can tell, it looks a lot more like the box than the comfortable gym with the view of the city and the eucalyptus towels. <laughs> and you're like, well, there's a middle ground. It's, all, it's not all like that where I go. There's another option. Great, but that doesn't work out for the message this morning. So we're just going to go with the two options that I gave you. <laughs> so you go in a box and they will ask you, how old are you? And maybe you'll say, well, I'm 58 years old. Well, great. We're going to put you in the database. So now you're competing with all the 58-year-olds in America. And all of a sudden, they're like, JoJo over there in Wichita, he did 816 push-ups. So you're going to beat that so our box doesn't lose, OK? <laughs> and, and so you start counting them off, and you're doing them. And then pretty soon, you're carrying washing machines around for some reason. And they're yelling at you, come on, come on. And you're like, I'm dying here. And you know what they say? Good! (laughs) We like dying here. Are you on fire or not? Okay, get two washing machines then. (laughs) And you're saying, I can't breathe. I can't take another step. Awesome, let's do 100 pull-ups. Let's do them right now. Chin up, feet up, right? And so there's no luxury and there's no rest and there's probably no steam rooms. There's there's no dry saunas and you don't need to wear fancy clothes either because you'll show up in in old shorts because you know they're going to get ripped anyway and you start carrying around the tractor tires. (laughs) And I'm just saying that I think if we're, if I'm not concerned, put it on me, if I'm not careful, I can turn my spiritual journey into a luxury workout. And you know what I get at the end of it? Cucumber-infused water. (laughs) While self pretty much still drives the day. And, And I think that we need to get a little crazy in our mentality that I've got to lean on the power of the crucified and risen again Jesus and tap into the victory of the risen Lord and onboard the opportunity of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that I don't derail God's purpose and plans for my life. Because self is a real giant in my life. And he said, everybody, not just the hearty souls, not just the spiritual among us, not just those with a bent towards Bible study or who like prayer more than the other people, everybody who competes in the games, it says, goes into strict training. He said in another translation, I buffet my body and I make it my slave, in the New American Standard Version. And he's not talking about biceps and triceps. He's talking about that old man that's rising up and saying, let me do it. Let me run the show. This is the way I run it. This is, this is what I want to do right now. This is what I, what I want to get in this moment. Let me be in charge. Let me make the decisions. I don't feel like doing what God has for me right now. And your flesh is saying, if you don't feel it, of course you don't have to do it. Because, you know, if you don't feel it, then God must not be leading you to do it. That's what your flesh is saying. You know, if you, if you don't feel like it today, well, then just don't do it. Listen, you, you go in one of those CrossFit boxes and you start talking about your feelings. What's going to happen? You start saying, well, I don't feel like carrying the pure iron dumbbells around the day. We don't care what you feel. <laughs> right? <laughs> we are here to get fit. We are here to say no to slacking off. We, we're we going to say no to treasuring this thing that we have called, uh, to not treasuring this thing that we have uh um, on this planet Earth, so so we don't care how you feel. Welcome to CrossFit, welcome to the box. Get it! <laughs> so we'll pick you up because we're doing this together because we're a team and we're fighting against every other box, and you're fighting against everybody else your age on the planet Earth, and so you'll have a cheering team, let's go, but it's not gonna be easy. And so what do they have at CrossFit? They don't have the, the flat screen TVs, they have chalk. That's their luxury item. They have chalk. What what does the chalk do for them? I think it's because they use it to draw the outline of the bodies after they fall out. (laughs) Probably not. They they use the chalk on their hands so they don't get shredded. Because they're lifting dumbbells and barbells and pushing uh, and pulling on chin-up bars and the old school stuff. It's not like the other gym where we're saying, you know, how do I get my personal fan to blow a little bit faster because I'm starting to sweat here. right? It's a different mentality. And Paul says, you've got to take seriously this thing called self. And he says, I buffet my body and I make it my slave. Now, some of us read it, you know, the the other way. Well, I buffet my body? That sounds pretty good. (laughs) We're at the end of a 21-day fast here. (laughs) Let's go to Golden Corral after church. We'll buffet. (laughs) Not quite. The literal language he uses here, I buffet my body, is this, he says, I give myself a black eye. I punched myself in the eye and I give myself a black eye. That's what the original Greek is unpacking there. If you want to hear it like it is, he says, you know, like, that's weird. Yeah, it kind of is, but do you see the intensity at what he's saying about coming up against ourself? There's a little bit of intensity there, right? So no, God, just in case, he doesn't want you to punch yourself in the face. What he wants you to do is, Punch yourself in the self. (laughs) He wants you to punch yourself in the self. He wants you to hit self hard. Even so that you would walk in a room and have a mark under yourself. And somebody will say, what happened to you? Well, I, I punched myself. And I don't mind you seeing that I'm in a struggle called life and death. That's what small groups and communities are all about, right? We need each other. And so when you train for your 10K and you're coming up or your walk that you're going to do or when you're getting ready for the race called grad school or marriage or that project that you're working on or whatever race that you're in right now, that's great. But this race that we're in right now, it's the only race that you get. So we're not training to build up stamina for the next race. This is the race. You don't get another race. You can't say, I'll do, better. I'll do better later in the race. You know, you don't know that there is a later in the race. You're in your lane running your race on this day, and it is called life, and it is real, and it's not rehearsal for something to come. So when Paul says, I take it so seriously that I actually give myself a black eye, it's so he can get in touch with the fact that he wants Christ to win in him. So how does that happen? Let's look at this. He tells us, which is awesome, because to leave the talk there would almost be like, well, you can get your five stones, and you can go, and you can take down the Goliath, and if you get crazy, and if you get in your box, right, just muscle up and hook up. Okay, that's not it. We've been saying that from the start. That's not it. But it's not about you and me. It's really about the God that's in us, right? And so Christ in you, Christ in me, and he unpacks this a few pages over in Galatians chapter 5. The same Paul is writing, and this is what he says, beginning in verse 1, chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and read this part with me. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Can we read that again? I'll read the first part. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let who? So let's make it personal. Don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's the giant of self. He zeroes right in, and then he comes down to help us understand it. Go down to verse 16. He says, so I walk by the Spirit. So, so that is capital H-S, Holy Spirit. Jesus is the giant slayer, but he, he was sent from the Father and he comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus ascended into heaven. Then he gives his Holy Spirit to live out the victory in our life on planet Earth. To the glory of the Father, he's going to say, well done, at the end of the race. And there's a community of the, the triune, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all work together to lead us into freedom. So he's identifying how this works out when he says, verse 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the self That's the old man. And he says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So that's what's going on in you. As a believer in Christ, that's That's what's happening. Self is linked up to the flesh. That's the old man before Christ came into your life. And he's still kicking around. He's trying to still trying to get some attention. I want to do it this way and I want to do it now and I'm going to go on this path while Holy Spirit who is in you is saying no 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 you know that's less what I have for you is more that's death this is life let's go this way and the old you the old flesh is saying no let's self be in charge and the new you says no let's let Holy Spirit be in charge. And then there's this conflict in every single day and in fact, all through the day and that's why at the end of the day we don't end up doing what we wanted to do when we left the gathering on the weekend. We left church service on Sunday morning and we said, oh, you know, I'm gonna live for Jesus and, and then by Tuesday, maybe we're in the tank again. That's what happens. And so it's not because of anything over self. It's not because of anything other than self. It's our flesh. We said last week remember it's the lust of the eyes it's the lust of the flesh and it's the boastful pride of life these are the operational powers of us without Christ and and the residue of that is still in you and it's still in me so we're in the promised land but there are still giants standing in the story and the giants in our heart it's not standing on the middle of the battlefield it's called sin and it's this disease that's in us it's the flesh and hear me yes we are redeemed Yes, we are made holy. Yes, we are brand new. And yes, we are perfect in Christ. We are perfected in Christ. But we still live in this flesh. And Paul's saying there's a conflict that's going on in us. And that conflict is the battle against the giant called self. Deny yourself. And so Paul says, in case you didn't know what that looked like when self got the will, he says, I'll describe it for you. If we keep on reading in the scripture here, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then for good measure, he adds, and the like. So that's what you get when self is running the show. And isn't that amazing? You're like, you know, it feels like this was not written 2,000 years ago. Because the reality is when the enemy plants seeds of self, the seeds of the flesh, and they take root in our lives, they grow up and bring the same harvest, whether it's 2,000 years ago or two years ago or two months ago or two days ago. And it's the same harvest time after time. And he says, here's the warning. Are you ready for this? He says, I warn you. As I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a powerful force in us called sin and self. And it's outworking destruction in in us and it's offering us less than what the, the spirit has for us. And the lifestyle of destruction keeps us from the kingdom of God and that's heavy. But thank goodness there's a conjunction Because right after that, you want a conjunction, right? And you're happy if the word's but. (laughs) And so the flesh is powerful. It brings destruction. It will cut you off from the kingdom of God. But... We've got some good news and hope in your fight and struggle against this giant called self. And he says, I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And many of you have heard this. Love, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I want to, I want to start this over again. And I want, I want us to read this together too. Okay, are you ready? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and? Self control. Self control. So, that's encouraging. I'm not making this stuff up. Holy Spirit gives me a fruit in my life that is self control. You catching that this morning? When we dig deeper, the giant is the one that's facing in the, in the mirror. And it's the giant of self. But there's an option to the power of self and the flesh. And it's called the Holy Spirit who's in me. And Holy Spirit also plants seeds. And also brings forth the harvest. And also brings forth results in my life. And so you know what the results are? They're amazing. There's joy. In my life, you know, for somebody who's living, you know, in rejection, that's pretty good to know that you can awaken to a brand new life and joy. Um, There's people with anger. There's kindness and gentleness for that, right? For people who are dealing with anxiety and fear, there's peace that can come into your life through Holy Spirit. Peace that passes understanding, right, as the scriptures say. And there's something called faithfulness that can come up in your harvest when you stay true to the purpose and the plans of God even if they're not the easiest of choices. So I'm in a race. I'm not looking for the easy way out. I'm running for a prize. I'm not looking for a simple way. I'm in a box. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to win the prize at the end of the day. And I want to finish the race that God's marked out for me. So I'm not looking for the easy way out. And man, let's just break the spirit of legalism this morning, of misguided grace. Because the gospel travels on the road that's right down the middle of grace and works. You know, we're saved by grace totally, unconditionally, completely. But that grace gets worked out when you join God. And when we work out our salvation, the scriptures say, by grace and for grace so there is no freedom that happens there's no victory the giants don't go down with some misguided idea of grace you know oh god does it i don't have to do anything i you know and i don't want to see that whole crazy box thing because that just looked hard that's listen to what he says here he says here's all the fruit the last fruit i hope you catch it self-control So I'm not making this stuff up, and we're looking to the Holy Spirit who says, I'm gonna give you an amazing harvest, but do you know what the last fruit in the harvest is that I'm gonna give you? It's the ability to manage yourself so that self doesn't manage you. Because in that race that Paul talked about, he said either it becomes my slave or I become a slave. Brother Bob Dylan maybe said it the best, right? This is a song that Pastor Brett has sung many times in this sanctuary. You might serve the devil, you might serve the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you the power through Holy Spirit to manage yourself. And then listen to what it says. There is no law against these things. In other words, there is the power of God unstoppable in your life. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. So the giant of self goes down step by step by step by step. That's how you win a race, right? It's a racer's mentality. You're not gonna find too many people on mile 24 of a marathon looking down the side street being sidetracked by what's down there, right? They're going, come on, come on, come on, and their eyes are where, their eyes are on the finish line. Most athletes, even the best of the best, when they're competing for the prize at mile 24, they don't see faces, it's just a blur. It's all about the finish line. They don't hear individuals, it's just a blur. They say, I don't hear certain things coming at me because I'm in the zone. You ever hear that? I'm in the zone. My focus has come down to tunnel vision and everything now is closing down on that finish line and all I can think about is keep putting one foot in front of the other. Every racer wins a step at a time and every giant comes down a step at a time and self comes down a step at a time. And it says there in the, in the, in the scripture at the end, it says, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that you're not gonna get at the, at the retreat that happened nine months ago. That was a, an amazing moment and a great time, but that's not gonna get the giant of self out of your life today. It's today. It's step by step saying, you know what? I've got urges. I've got desires. I've got flesh. I've got stuff that's crying out in my flesh. I've got cravings. I've got temptation. I've got all kinds of illness and all kinds of evil, but the Holy Spirit is in me. He's right there, and the Holy Spirit is saying, come where there's more. There's something better for you, and it's going to be step by step following after his leading. It's like David at age 15. He takes down a giant, but when he's 45, the giant itself takes him down. Why? Because he wasn't in the race. you see that? He wasn't in the battle. He was not fighting with his men. He was, doing, he was not doing what the kings do in the springtime. He was sitting at home in a palace. He was coupled into comfort. He had isolated himself. He had insulated himself from people. And he's wandering around seeing what he can see and what he get into. And guess what? If you wander around seeing what you can see and what you can get into, you're going to find some stuff to see and some stuff to get into. But if you've got a racer's mentality, then there's no time to mess around. You know, I've got friends in the community of faith, I've got people around me that, you know, I'm adopting the, the purposes and the plans of God. And it's important to have be surrounded by people. I'm thinking about what God's mission is for my life today. And I want them thinking about what my mission is for today. And I'm staying close to people, I'm staying close to the body of Christ. And I'm staying close with the people who will know. You know, how are you doing? You know, well, here's how I'm doing. So how are you doing with your walk with God? Well, you know, I'm doing good. How's your walk? Not so good. Well, let's pray about that. Let me encourage you so that later when I need it, you can encourage me in a weaker moment. That's what the fight club was all about, right? That's what small groups and community is all about. We're going to be leaning into that. But how can I get in that runner's mentality, that that trainer's mentality, that racer's mentality, and stay there and then listen to that voice just like David got a messenger, and, you know, when he said, who's that woman over there on the other roof? And one of the servants came back, sent by God, and he named his father. He said, that's, that's his daughter. And then he named her husband. He said, that's Uriah's wife. And David said, there's, there's no way you can stop me. I got no one around me to stop me. Let's stand. <laughs> let's stand. And let's pray. The Spirit of God is the gift of grace to you right now and he's saying right now this morning come this way he's saying follow after me and he's saying that to some of you right now he's saying that's so-and-so's daughter and that's such-and-such's wife that's who she is that's that choice is less and it's not even identification it's a warning from God that's less and this is more is what the Holy Spirit would say this morning I have more for you. And you know what that does? It's the Holy Spirit drawing us step by step by step by step. So if you push him off enough times, if you you push him out enough times, and if you run him out enough times, he will stop talking. It's called making our hearts callous. So we don't have a sensitivity anymore to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But I have a feeling... You know, if you're here in this place this morning that He's called you here for this moment and it's not a mistake that you're here, wherever you are, there's still time for you to step into what the Spirit has for you. And to make a choice. It's not easy. It's not, I'm going to get a double latte and I'm going to go find a place to sit down and put my feet up and have some wonderful luxury time. It's going to be more like you getting into the box your friends your fight club and you put your guts on the table and you say I want to win this race I need some help the Spirit of God's talking to me and I'm gonna start listening to him and I'm gonna let him lead me (laughs) and I'm gonna punch myself in the self today and I need your help knowing that I'm gonna have to die maybe 10,000 deaths But I'm willing to die, every one of them, to walk in the fullness and the freedom and all that God has for me. So I'm going to die to pride, which is, you know, I don't need anyone but me. I'm going to die to that. I'm going to die to my temporal appetites and saying, oh, you're not going to make it without us. No, I'm going to make it without whatever lie the enemy is telling me. I'm going to make it without that. Trust me, can I'm going to show you right now? In fact, I'm going to make it so much without that thing that I'm going to say, I don't even know I ever had that in my life to begin with. Holy Spirit's leading you step by step by step. And I'm going to die to being my own boss. I'm going to die to trusting in my own thinking. I'm going to die to my plan just like Jesus did when he said yes to God's purpose for my salvation. And I'm going to die to being recognized, to being applauded, to being approved by men. I'm going to die to being the most popular. I'm going to die to the easy way, and I'm never going to say again, just because it's the easy way, it must be God's way. I'm going to say yes to God's way this morning and if it's the easy way great but if it's not I'll say not my will but your will be done amen Jesus thank you that you did not let self stand in the way of saving this world of saving us God thank you for your cross thank you for your plan thank you for your purpose God, we pray this morning, Lord, this isn't just a, another uh, just morning of tradition of coming and sitting in chairs and, and doing my weekly deed, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak deeply into our spirits, God, and that we, this morning, would take down the giant of self, and I want to do it my way. Just as an act of surrender this morning, would you just put your hands out if that's you, and it could probably be every single one of us in this room this morning. This is a a daily act. I follow after you, I deny myself. I take up my cross every single day. Father God, that's all of us in the room this morning that are following after you. Lord, I pray that every single day when we wake up, our first desire, Lord, is what do you have for me? Your plans, your purposes are better than mine. What do you have for me, Lord? Let me walk in those. And every single morning and every single night, Lord, I pray that we would have the boldness (laughs) to die to ourselves, to get in the box, punch ourselves in the self, give ourselves a black eye. God, in the beauty of all that you've created us to be. The power of all that you've created is to be will stand taller than the giant what a powerful thing god i pray that every single one in this room with their hands in a a posture of surrender this morning would be able to walk in the fullness of all that you have for them not anything less god we thank you for that this morning with every uh, head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never said yes to uh, Jesus, inviting him into your life. And um, man, there's something that sounds so intriguing about just giving your life over to somebody that is faithful and he's there, he's never changes, yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter how broken or how bent or how messed up or lonely or wherever you're coming from this morning he has a purpose and plan for you that's better than you can ever think of or imagine and he brought you here this morning invited you into a relationship with him if that's you this morning would you just raise your hand uh, just so I can see with nobody else looking around Father God let's pray this prayer together Jesus come into my heart I give you my life I surrender my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Paying for my sins. And giving me new life. My life is surrendered to yours. Everything I have is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate this morning. Amen. Giants will continue to fall.